Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob here. I'd like to give you in two parts, so today and then a coming episode in a couple of days, some very practical tips on building your brand, your reach, your followers, your fans, and your income through social media. That could be webinars, podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, etc. Of course, there are many new up-and-coming platforms too that you should be using. There are, there's Medium, there's Quora, there's Patreon, you know, there are many. I'm going to break this down into three parts for you. Part one will be the foundations and the assets that you need to then build this brand, this reach, this exposure. Part two is eight ways to post your messages in the form of videos, articles, blogs, image quotes, etc to get the maximum viral reach. And then part three is another seven ways to post. I've been testing now for, oh, it's years, on what gives me the best reach, exposure, comments, shares, debates, trickle-down revenue, you know, on all the social media platforms. I think I've got 15 or 16 posts that regularly get really good responses. And they do vary on the different platforms. And so parts two, and three, so the second half of this, this episode, and then the whole of the next episode will focus on those. All right then, so first off, make sure you start with all the free platforms. You, know, you don't need to spend lots of money on newspaper ads or pay-per-click. They're viable advertising strategies, of which there are many, but I really like to encourage people to start with all the free media first. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, podcasts, webinars, Patreon, Quora, Medium, Reddit, etc., are all free. And at the very least, you want to make sure that you have those accounts set up first. Now, let's say that you feel that's a bit overwhelming for you, you don't know how to do it, you're busy. I would recommend that you get some kind of outsourcer or just someone who can do a bit of admin. Go on the platform that you have populated already. You might have a good LinkedIn profile or Facebook one. Get them to take the bio and all the links and the details and then populate all the other social media platforms that you, know, you want to be on. Uh, they can even take all the posts that have happened to say over the last two months and then they can populate that on all those platforms. Now, I'm not actually saying you should go and use all those immediately. You know, I'm not very active on at least four of those social media platforms that I spoke to you about, but I do have accounts. Now, when you have accounts, what it means is you get this trickle-down fly-catching effect of picking up followers, fans, and subscribers over time. Even if it's just sitting there, kind of like almost mothballed, it's there, but you're not really populating it, people will find you. Now, I um, only really started using LinkedIn properly in the last few months, and I had something like 16,500 followers. And I thought, where they came from? I don't know. It's just because I've had a LinkedIn account for 11 years. It didn't really have a lot on it. It didn't really look active. 
but clearly over that time, people who've wanted to follow me have followed me or added me. Um, and you're best doing that so that when you do decide to focus on one or more of these platforms or profiles, when some of them come in vogue or you've managed to leverage and outsource and get a bit of a team in place to help you, then at least you've got lots of followers. You know, a lot of people always say to me, hey, Rob, you know, I'm going to wait until I've got a product or service. I know what my message is before I set up on a social media platform. But the thing is, would you rather have, um, you know, nine months to build a product and then have the product but no buyers? Or would you have like, like to have followers, fans and buyers naturally and organically found over the, the, the previous nine months? And then when you launch your product, you've got hungry buyers ready. OK, so then the next thing is people often ask me, you know, what content should I share? You know, what's my message? What do people want me for? I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, some people do, some people don't. And I would just say this, whether you're an existing business owner or you're starting from scratch, I would say express your truth within your niche passionately. Now, passionately doesn't have to be shouting and screaming and ranting like I do. People can sense if you're passionate, if you care, you know, if you've taken time to research your niche, if you're looking genuinely to solve problems, people can feel that and that can be done in your style. Don't try and be anybody else. Express the truth how you see the world because when you do that, you will attract the right types of people into your communities and followings who are likely to be your best customers because they're very much aligned with you. Now, a lot of people are either putting stuff out there that they think the world wants or they're reacting to competitors, you know, or other people's posts or brands or they're sort of you know, chipping away and being negative about other people and competitors and the market and politics and whatever else. And I don't really necessarily think that that is their truth. OK, then. next thing is try and find some kind of admin or outsourcer now so that you can take the content that you do on the platforms you either enjoy being on, you're good at, you have good following already, or you know in your niche they work really well. So for a long time for me, that's been Facebook. That's really moving over now to LinkedIn. Of course, it's my podcast as you listen here. So I focus on a couple of those. I'll often do a podcast with a live video, but then my outsourcer will take the video, he'll then repurpose it onto Instagram, he'll, uh, you know, he'll take an extract like of one minute on Instagram, he'll take the nine or ten minutes of that video and he'll put it on LinkedIn. He might take quotes and then put them on a photo of me and make some kind of motivational memes or images that might work well on Instagram as well and you know, the more visual platforms. Uh, he may take some of the audio and transcribe it into a blog. So you're getting five or six different assets out of this one asset. I know that I've shared that with you before, so let's move on to the next one, but it's important to do. Focus on the main one or two that work for you, leverage, outsource, and repackage all your content onto the rest. And then over time, you can get on more of them and you can, you can refine them, knowing what kind of posts work on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube, because as you look at the analytics or you just look at some of the comments and the posts, you'll just start to get this intuition of what works and then you'll feed that through into your future content. Next thing then, it's so important this, and, and you know what? I've asked a lot of very high profile people this question. I've asked Grant Cardone, who's one of the biggest social media influencers probably on the planet. Yanni, um, my friend who's got the Yanomai's business, who I interviewed on my podcast, who's got a million followers on YouTube. Uh, and they, they both said to me, and many people have said this, you've got to post consistently. And of course, we want the little tricks, the hacks, 
give me something, you know, a little bit more uh, that I can leverage or use in, in an influential fashion. But the reality is if you post, I don't know, between three times a week and maybe three times a day, it totally depends on your prolific nature as a commentator. It depends on your brand. You know, like if you're an interior designer and you're on Pinterest and Instagram and you've just got sort of nice little pictures with a few little um, words of text overlay, you could easily post three times a day. If you're writing really deep, well thought out articles to try and move people, then one a week might be, you know, good enough. But the point is you've got to make it consistent. Like if you imagine 10 years from today, imagine we're having a chat uh, and we run this parallel universe test. Universe number one, you did nothing, or you posted sporadically, or you got really keen and enthusiastic now and you pump loads of stuff out for the next three months, and then you are quiet for the next nine years and nine months, you can imagine you're not really going to have that much momentum. Whereas even if you posted only every two weeks, but for 10 years, you're going to get brand, reach, exposure, lots of incoming leads and business, you're going to be very well known in your niche, possibly the go-to expert, just through consistency. Okay, next then. A lot of people ask me, Rob, well, how much should I post about what I'm doing versus, you know, my, my purely business versus how much I should sell? Now, I believe if, if we're going to have a model, and, and it varies, and you should ha have a bit of artistic license yourself here, but I believe you post 70% about your business, your brand, or your niche. So, you know, I would post 70% about entrepreneur, entrepreneurialism, uh, business, you know, mindset, personal development, that kind of stuff. 20% of your posting should be personal. So I put a post up recently showing a piece of my art from the old days. 10% um, of your post should be what I call engagement jacking. So, you know, something topical going on in the news or something that encourages comments, further debate, reach, shares, etc. Now, let me just explain this just very briefly. So people are probably following you for some kind of niche. So if you don't share at least 50, 60, 70% of your posts on that, then of course, you know, that they're going to unfollow you and find someone else because that's what they want you for. If you're a social commentator, you've got to do 70% of your stuff on social commentary. Uh, you know, if you're a personal trainer and you start talking about other unrelated businesses, people are going to be like, well, wait a minute, I'm a bit confused about the message here. But, and this is an important but, so much so that I shouted it down the microphone, uh, 20, the reason I said 20% for personal is because people want to, they want to get a feeling for who you are. They want a bit of behind the curtain. You know, they want to know a bit about your life. They don't care what you know till they know that you care. They want to feel like they relate to you, that they can trust you, that you're real, hashtag real. And of course, many people post maybe a bit too much personal stuff, in which case there's no real brand or direction of what you want the follower to do next. Because, you know, this is not just about having a load of followers to say, hey, I got a load of followers. This is about having followers so you can build a brand and so you can build a business around it. Uh, now, the engagement jacking, I like to use sparingly, but it is important because generally speaking, on most social media platforms, if you get a lot of likes, comments, shares, debate, questions, uh, you know, reach, etc. the social media platforms will reward you for more of that. Amazon do it as well. Whereas if you get very low reach, etc., they will penalize you. So it's almost like there's a real time um, increase or decrease in reach. So I want to make sure that every now and again, I'm getting a lot of comments and reach because then the next time I post, a lot of those people who saw that one are going to see the next post and the next post. 
Have you ever noticed on social media, if you're shopping anywhere or you follow someone or you comment on someone's work, um, you click a link, it almost seems like they and that follows you around. So, you know, there's all this retargeting, you know, there's these uh, cookies or these little, you know, um, what do they call them? They have this little word, pixels, uh, which basically observe your behavior, then follow you around. So when people engage with you, they'll see more of your stuff. Uh, you see some people are doing this all the time and I think it's a bit too much. Anything that you do in extreme too much, if you rant too much, if you jump on every political post too much, then people are going to wear thin of it. So it's nice to have variety, but you also need consistency of your brand. Okay, next thing is, I think it's really important for you to realise that every post, every article, every video, every podcast, every image quote is an asset. This asset could last decades. As long as you're not talking about something that will change in 10 minutes, like interest rates, or, you know, if you, if you post on stuff that's in the news now, obviously in a week or a month, that'll go out of date. If you post evergreen content, it could last a decade. It could have incoming views, followers, fans reach for 20 years. Who knows? I mean, the internet is still young. And I think you should treat it that way. I see every post I do on social media like planting a seed. And, you know, you don't expect your tree the very next day. You don't, you know, look at the seed, looking down at it, going, where's my tree? Someone missold me. This shit doesn't work. You know, we're, we're building these deep roots. Uh, so that's why I quite like investing my time into hopefully well thought out content online. And when I say social media, I, I actually just generally mean media in general. It all tends to be social now, but you know, you, I don't know if you put podcasting in the social media um, bracket, I personally would. So try and plan your content a little bit in advance. Try and think about the outcome that you want. Uh, and, and realize that when you post it, your time has been invested wisely. That's why you'll often see me go back and comment a lot on the posts because it's an asset that could get more reach if I go and engage in the comments. I also want people to feel that I'm reachable. You, you know, I'm kind of at that critical mass now where I'm getting many hundreds of messages a day and it's, you know, it, I've got four full-time people who, as well as me, manage my incoming messages. Uh, so it's getting pretty intense. But I know one day I just won't be able to engage because it'll just be way too overwhelming. I mean, I'm already sort of missing messages now. So I'm trying to be as personal as I can right now because in the future, I'm not going to be able to do that because, you know, because of the scale. And the same is for you. So, you know, when you're smaller, your benefit for the algorithms and the reach, but also for your fans and customers is you're accessible. So be accessible and engage because, you know, it helps get these assets out further. And of course, a post that has a lot more comments and comments from you in seems more real, seems more interactive and as such will be more sticky and new people finding it will much more likely engage. You know what it's like when you see a post, a blog or something and it just seems completely unpopulated and out of date. You know when you see a website and it looks like it's just not been updated since 1985? Well, you'll just bounce off that. Whereas you won't if it looks very engaged and active. Okay, next then is have a ratio of how much you give value versus how much you sell. And there's no right or wrong answer to this other than I would probably say one to one isn't. So I wouldn't sell every other post, but I certainly wouldn't never sell either because, you know, like there's a lot of people wasting time and not making money through media and marketing and social media. And I'd like to help you get a return on your time. So you might have a five to one ratio, a 50 to one ratio, a 500 to one ratio. It doesn't really matter as long as you have a ratio. 
Now, I tend to look at different social media platforms in a different manner. So certainly with, say, Facebook uh, and LinkedIn, I would sell a little bit more than I do on the podcast. I might sell one in every 50 posts. On my podcast, I rarely sell at all. I might make a, just an offer for a book or you know, give a free gift away or run a competition every 50th, 100th or 150th episode. But on, on my email, of course, email is not so interactive anymore and it's a little bit colder. And of course, in the UK, there's been GDPR. I might sell in every three or five engagements. You know, you shouldn't be scared of selling. And if you know, you know, you can basically link your income to how effectively you're selling, but how much you're selling. So have a ratio. Um, and the nearer it is, so 10 to 1, 50 to 1, you'll build all this great goodwill and people won't mind you selling. And in fact, you know, it'll be the nine or 10 posts of building all that goodwill that actually make the sale better. And you'll feel comfortable and congruent of doing a really good pitch with volition. Uh, and you won't have the guilt because you've given a lot of value first. I also find that the more value I've given, the more content I've given leading up to an offer I make, the better the offer goes. Whereas if I'm a bit cold with it, like, oh, randomly, hey, buy my stuff, um, it, it tends to not be as effective. So you can also build in this, like almost like a pre-launch, where you think, okay, so in 10 days, I want to launch something. So maybe if I did a post once a day for 10 days, giving good value, I've got my 10 to 1 ratio, but you know, when I actually do make the offer, it's going to be more effective. All right, next then, and this is linked to some of the po points I've already made, is that the energy you put out is the energy that you get back. So the more content you put out there, the more followers, fans, shares, engagement, messages. You will also get opportunities to speak, um, you know, and, and maybe to be in the media, but you'll get pitched at. You'll get lovers, fans, you'll get haters, you'll get critics. And this is in just, just important to know. So if you want more from the world, you've got to put more out to the world. But you've also, I want to sort of I wouldn't say prepare you for the real world, but I want you to just understand that you'll get the same amount of energy back, but it won't all be what you want. Uh, and so sometimes I think, bloody hell, how, am I, how much am I getting pitched on LinkedIn? But then you know what? I, I, I get pitched a lot when I put a lot of energy out and I can't choose what I get back. I can't put a load of energy out and say, oh, well, I'm just going to get opportunities to speak on the best podcast and to do my £10,000 uh, for every 90 minute keynote speeches and, you know, mainstream media and reject everything else. Um, so just accept all the energy you get back, uh, put more energy out, you'll get more energy back. Okay, now let's move into the types of posts which are most likely to go viral for you. I'm not necessarily talking 100 million views YouTube Susan Boyle viral, but relatively to you, these will go viral if, if they happen for you like they happened for me. So the first thing to do is to share the things in your life that you've struggled with, that you've solved, that you've battled and you've overcome. Because one, people love reality. You know, they don't want a, you know, a polished, perfect, silver-spooned, slick salesperson. And you know when everyone's posting how great they are on social media, but you realise that they're really unhappy in real life. I think we can see through that as a society. But when you share with vulnerability and openness the mistakes you made, the things that you wrestled with, and how you solved them, and then you cared to take time to reverse engineer what didn't work for you and then what did, to pay it forward to help others, that always gets really good engagement, commentary. And also people go, you know what, I can see what they did wrong. I can then make sure I don't do that. And it's something practical that they can implement in their life. And it makes you believable. And when it's believable to them, it's actionable to them because people don't action what they don't believe. 
And so it has this really great virtuous effect. So I would certainly try and do more of those. Uh, and you know what? Uh, just don't be scared to share your mistakes because people really do respect you a lot more for that. Second point then is the seven steps, the nine tips, the five tricks. It's like the step-by-step how-to. If I said to you, I'm going to share with you the meaning of life, you were like, well, wait a minute, that's a bit, a bit of a big subject. Whereas if I said, here are seven tips to get happier faster, you're like, ah, oh, okay, that's something that I can deal with, I can assimilate. Uh, and also, it, it sounds like I'm going to give you seven tips. It sounds like I'm going to give you maybe a step-by-step system, something that is implementable and practical. So rather than just reams of information blurged out through your voice on video, or you know when you just see massive blocks of posts with no numbers and no breaks, it's just overwhelming to people. People want information soundbited, bite-sized, you, you know, like distilled into small bits of magic because we're all so busy and we're all so overwhelmed. You know, the reality is you can get a lot of information out there for free. And so in that regard, most people who've got an internet connection have got the same access to information as everyone else. You know, so in, in that regard, everyone should be successful, but it's not the amount of information that makes someone successful. It's how it's assimilated, distilled, put into, packaged into a way that's easy to understand and implement for someone. That is the difference between someone who takes information and does nothing with it and someone who takes information and either acts on it as a client and an, a student or is able to sell it at a high premium as someone who's you know, an information marketer, for example. Okay, third point then is if you make comments, and, and by the way, I just want to make the point here, it's okay to make some flippant remarks um, and you know, maybe use a little bit of gimmickery and know that if you make a comment on this, everyone's gonna go wild about it. You know, if you made a political statement, if you made a gender statement, gender pay gap, or you know, the sort of the, um, the, the all this, what, do you, what would you say? You know, there's the gender thing with the, the, the there's a, you know, this movement isn't there of people who don't wanna be identified as he or she. <laughs> Look at how I'm trying to dance around this. I don't usually make comments in these areas. Um, the reality is, though, that's a kind of a cheap, easy win where you could get loads of comments. I think you've got to be careful to not go for cheap, easy wins that are a bit gimmicky um, unless you really believe in it. But I'll come back to that in a moment. But if everyone's had enough of something or everyone is saying X and you turn it, the ship around and you comment on Y going against the tide and again, you know, observe the masses do the opposite you will get a lot of reach and exposure. And like I said, the energy you put out is the energy you'll get back. So you won't always get people agreeing with you. And that's a good thing, by the way. So um, GDPR was just like, everything on social media was GDPR. So if you just put a post going, who's had enough of GDPR already? I just put a little post when everyone was emailing saying, please resubscribe, look at my privacy policy because of GDPR. I just put the irony of GDPR is that I'm getting more spam now than pre-GDPR. And that got a lot of likes and comments and shares. And it was just a a little post. But that would never have worked unless everyone was talking about GDPR. You could have done it on the royal wedding. You know, you could do it when, you know, there's a main event when everyone's going on about it. So a key thing here is just to wait until everyone's going on about it and then make an almost an anti-positioning post. Now, I think it's really important when you make posts like this where, you know, you're dancing with the devil in a way because you know that this post is going to get you really good reach and exposure, but it also might bring in a few critics and people who disagree, which by the way, I really like. I love, I love a critic 
or a hater on any of my posts and threads and subthreads because they're going to get me more reach and exposure and my fans will come to defend me and they will get more subthreads and more debates and they will make the post last longer than any of my fans would because my fans might go, yeah, I agree, great comment. But my critics will dig in and they'll dig in at others and that will just like, you know, start picking at a scab. They'll make it bleed more. And I used to hate that in the early days because I'm a little bit soft. Um, but the reality is that is great for your posts. Um, and sometimes I must admit, I like to encourage it. I, I do try not to be um, intentionally um, insightful or I certainly don't ever want to criticize anyone because, you know, I, I don't want to be a critic. But so if I'm a bit worried about how I might have come across, I might ask a question instead of making a statement. Um, so, yeah, just make sure you pick things that you really believe in. There was a time when, um, do you remember when Jamie Carragher famously spat out of his Range Rover and it was videoed and everyone on the world was jumping against him. And I said, look, wait a minute. Of course, it's not good. But haven't we all made a mistake? And hasn't he had a great career? And hasn't he been a pretty good example? And isn't he brilliant on Sky with Gary Neville? And, you know, shouldn't we really forgive people? And, and do you know what? Should we judge or get our own mistakes and flaws in order first before we judge? And that got 250,000 views in a day. Um, so I think that that's a really good way to, you know, get reach and exposure. Next one then, what's everyone had enough of already? So when people are just on and on and on about the same thing, GDPR, whatever, enough already, and you make a comment about that. And I, I like to, when I make a comment, also try and give you some tips. Um, then, you know, that, it's a similar to against the tide, but sometimes people will have not necessarily had enough of what everyone's talking about. They might, like everyone, everyone loved the royal wedding, but if you go against the tide on the royal wedding, you might not have had enough of it, but you've gone against the tide. So they can be same, the same, but different. The next one, which Nicole Arbour recently taught me, I interviewed her, um, just a couple of episodes ago, is picking out a single emotion. So maybe you want to deliver anger. Like, uh, you know, like maybe you wanted, if you wanted to do a post about the dog festival, I mean, it's horrific. And I'm just seeing all these videos of people just blowtorching dogs to death. And it makes me really, really, really angry. Um, and, you know, like, I haven't made a comment on that. Um, it's something that I feel strongly about. Um, and so if I were to think about making a, a video on that, I'd, the emotion I'd want to be um, eliciting is anger or fight for, you know, something more meaningful or, or to actually care about another life, regardless of it's, if it's human uh, or not. Um, and I might start there and build my post around that. Comedians do that. You know, the, the big social commentators do that. M directors and movie stars do that. It's a very powerful way. Um, the next then is what I call news tracking or trending, news jacking and trending. So if you look in Google Trends, YouTube Trends, Twitter Trends, Facebook Trends, although they're, they're taking that feature away soon, and what's going on in the news? Um, I, I remember I was absolutely mortified when Chester um, passed away from Linkin uh, Park, um, when um, the lead singer of Cranberries, when she passed away. Um, when the lead singer of Audio Slave passed away, when David Bowie passed away, when Prince passed away. Um, now, again, I, I would not comment on someone's death unless I really admired and was inspired by them and I wanted to do like a nice ode to their life, um, maybe have my little way of leaving a bit of their legacy. I think that's really powerful and a lovely thing to do. I would never do it if it wasn't someone I followed or to, to do it in, any, in anything other than a personal and, um, you know, productive way. 
Um, a lot of people do, by the way. There are a lot of people that make a living now of doing that in a, in a non-nice way. Um, but whatever is going on in the news a lot, you know, there's the, there might be the World Cup, the, the things that don't come around very often, like massive boxing fights. You know, that, you can make comments on that. Now, I like to make a comment on that and make it relevant to my world and have, it, have some kind of value so that my reader can go, you know what, I've got something out of that. I learned something out of that. Uh, and, you know, you're either educating someone or you're entertaining someone. And you can take either stance. I should probably do more entertainment because I do 99% education. And sometimes I have a bit of a hang up personally that someone's got to learn something from every piece of information that I deliver. And you know what? Sometimes I should just lighten up and just have some fun and do some entertainment. And, you know, there's a lot of people on YouTube and Instagram that are doing all entertainment. I mean, is it Casey Neistat? Uh, forgive me if I pronounced his surname wrong. Um, this, these people who have like 10 million followers on um, YouTube and they make these little movies and they're really well edited and they just go out and have a laugh and do crazy stuff. That's a thing. Um, and they might not, may not sell directly, but then they do brand endorsements and ad roll revenue and you know, can make millions just doing that. So it's okay for entertainment's sake as well. Um, and I'm not going to judge you on what you think is the line, just like I'm sure you wouldn't judge me. Um, but have your line where you'll go to, but you won't cross. Um, next then is what you believe is wrong in the world. What do you strongly stand against? You, you know, if you look at um, Ricky Gervais and follow him, he's really against the cruelty to dogs. If you look at Kevin Peterson's Instagram, he's really against the, um, you know, the killing of the rhinos and, you know, all those um, horrific hunting videos, uh, pictures you see of people with dead animal trophies. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is a big on sort of, you know, the, the planet and the environment. Now, if you do something like this every week, people will go, oh, here he is going again. Uh, she's off on one, another political social rant. Uh, and they won't believe that you believe in that if you do it every week. But maybe two or three times a year, something that you strongly, passionately believe is wrong in the world, that you want to change, go on a, a mission, do some kind of charity raise or do some kind of, um, you know, maybe my business partner, Mark Homer. He's just been getting a load of signatures because he wants to change some of the um, what he believes are really dumb, unfair tax changes where um, people are getting penalised um, and charged um, tax on interest, whereas we never used to get tax charged on, uh, on interest. Tax charged on interest. Uh, and he's got like nearly 20,000 signatures. And he really strongly believes that that, that is wrong um, because, you know, you should be able to offset debt alone against your income. So, you know, it's like a double taxation um, and getting taxed on debt. And he's managed to rally nearly 20,000 signatures. Now, Mark doesn't do things like that very often. So when he does, people stand up. And, you know, like he's not got 10 million followers. 20,000 signatures, that's really powerful. So that's something to consider. All right, so what we've got coming up in part two is I'm going to do motivation posts, questions and topical debates, what you've 360 degreed on, your mistakes, your regrets, rants, interviews, discussions, debates, analysis and your take on in other influencers' content or other people's content and what you wish you'd known before or what you wish you'd been told when you started. So we'll cover those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different uh, strategies to post on social media and media in general to go viral. And then you'll have 15 different ways. And if you rotate them and you do one every couple of days, then you've got uh, planned content for every 60 days that you can then rotate I generally, um, once or twice a year, if um, specific episodes or videos have done really well, will reshare them or repost them. So you get to use them as assets 
in the future. Um, and hey, look, I want to help you build this vast personal brand for whatever outcomes you would like. And on that note, I'm very excited to announce that um, my good friend, um, Paulo Mahani, who's one of the world's experts in social media, um, I've partnered with him. I've been his partner for many years, but we've partnered with him and we've just launched a brand new event. This is hot off the press. This launched today is called the Social Media Summit. And for the first 200 people who take this next action and get an audio book, we're actually going to give you free tickets. So it's on July the 7th and 8th. So if you're listening to this podcast and those dates have finished, you may still want to get the audio book and you may want to inquire with my team because we may do one in the future, but we have no plans. So 7th and 8th of July at our training academy. One of the reasons I can give you a free ticket is because it is in a training facility that I own. Um, so I can pass on all the savings to you, um, is this brand new two-day social media summit. So the audiobook you need to invest in, what is it, a tenner, um, maybe less, is called Rethink Social Media. And if you go to tiny.cc forward slash rethink social, tiny.cc forward slash rethink social, go and get your copy on Audible. If you're not an Audible setup account, get it. You might be able to use a, cre a credit, and if not, just get it. Uh, and then if you email rob.more at progressiveproperty.co.uk. That's rob.more at progressiveproperty.co.uk uh, with some kind of proof, you know, a screenshot of your purchase, um, you know, or something to show me that you've got this audio book. If you're one of the first 200, I'll give you not one, but two free tickets to the Social Media Summit. Now on the Social Media Summit, July 7th and 8th, just outside London, um, we're going to teach you how to build your LinkedIn profile to gain business, to stop wasting time and start making money on LinkedIn. We're gonna teach you to do the same on Instagram. We're gonna teach you to do the same with um, messenger bots on Instagram and Facebook, etc. We're gonna teach you to do it on webinars. I'm going to teach you how to build a personal brand. I'm gonna teach you how to put your message out to the masses and hopefully generate um, you know, money, maybe millions. Um, it's certainly social media has generated many millions for me. Um, we have a whole detailed agenda, which when you send me your receipt or your screenshot, will then forward you the agenda before the date. Uh, now, by the way, when I, I let people know about these offers, they get quite, um, uh, they get a little bit demotivated because they feel, well, they're never going to get one of the first 200. But we actually only take the first 200 who've been physically booked. So it's not just the first 200 people that send me messages or tag in some kind of thread. You've then got to speak to my team and get your place physically booked. Because we've got to give you the logistics, the details, we've got to check dates and the venue is right for you. You like the agenda, etc. So when you go, yes, I'm officially booked from one of my team, then you're in. So you know, if you feel you're a bit late to the party, I'd just do it anyway because you never know. So let me just summarise then. Go and get Rethink Social Media audiobook by my good friend Paul O'Mahani. Uh, tiny.cc forward slash, slash rethink social or lowercase. Uh, send me a screenshot uh, of, your, of the proof of purchase to rob.more, M-O-O-R-E, at progressiveproperty.co.uk. And if you're in the first 200, I'm going to give you uh, two free tickets to this two-day social media summit. It's a brand new event. I've wanted to run this event for like eight years. But the problem is I've been so busy building Progressive Property, Unlimited Success, doing my books, my podcasts, you know, as you know, I've, I put a lot of work out there. And so every sort of six months when I think I really want to launch the social media summit, most of the, my followers and fans enjoy my social media related content the most. It's the stuff I'm the, the most passionate about that's given me a lot of my results. Um, I've kind of always had to just put it off for six months. And finally, I'm able to launch this. Um, we're only doing it for 200 because we want it to be an intimate event. We don't want it to be for 10,000 people in Wembley where we can't meet. 
um, and you'll get to ask any question you like on any of the talks that you sit in. I'll be doing two keynote speeches. My good friend Paulo Mahani will be doing two keynote speeches as well as bringing in these resident. Um, some are experts and some are our trainees, our mentees that we've brought up as now mentors and are now building amazing brands for themselves and they're passing that knowledge on. So go do that right now and thanks for tuning into this podcast. Don't turn it off before you go to Audible. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.